Welcome to the From the Flats podcast, your destination for the latest in Georgia Tech athletics. Now, here's your host, Wiley Ballard. And it's hate week on the Flats, Georgia Tech and Georgia. Clean, old-fashioned hate renewed this Saturday at Bobby Dodd Stadium. We'll be joined by a former Yellow Jacket defensive back, Kofi Smith, who had one of the all-time senior day moments back at Bobby Dodd in his playing days. And is now leading the Atlanta Airlines Terminal Company as their CEO down in downtown Atlanta. But first, we're joined by the Georgia Tech Sports Network Learfield IMG College team of Andy Demetra, Voice of the Jackets, and Sean Bedford. And guys, before we get to Tech in Georgia, let's at least spend a moment reflecting on the win against NC State to close out the ACC season. A thriller 28-26 on a Thursday night. What was the most impressive part of that win for Georgia Tech? Well, to me, it was the play of James Graham. Uh, you know, I thought he came out and looked sharp in every facet of the game. Um, you know, I thought he was putting some balls just absolutely on the money. A couple of beautiful touchdowns to Amarian Brown. Uh, but maybe even more impressive was what he did on the ground, accounting for over 100 yards rushing, which is something that we knew he was capable of. We just hadn't seen it. And I think you have to give Dave Patino, the offense coordinator, a lot of credit for the way he developed this game plan with an eye towards getting James some carries, really having the run game operate, not only through Jordan Mason, who was a beast in his own right, but but getting James Graham involved in that quarterback run game and attacking NC State that way. James looked really crisp, and aside from two unfortunate fumbles that really looked like they were more the, the product of miscommunication than anything else, uh, I thought he played a near-flawless game and definitely put Tech in a position uh, where they were, they could expect to be successful. Yeah, th- that gave you a glimpse of what this Georgia Tech offense looks like when James Graham is fully weaponized, rushing it just as dangerously as he can throwing it. Uh, defensively, I-, I think we'd all agree it wasn't Georgia Tech's best game of the year, but they had some really resilient moments um, that I took away from that, and I think Georgia Tech fans should take away from that game and be proud of. The first was on that first series. They gave up a fourth down conversion earlier in the drive, North Carolina State tested the waters again at the Georgia Tech 12, and Jordan Dominic comes in, blows up a play, turns over NC State on downs. After James Graham committed that fumble at the 10-yard line as Georgia Tech was driving in on that sudden change, what happens on the ensuing North Carolina State drive? They force the Wolfpack to go three and out and actually lose five yards. And then Christian Campbell embodying resilience on that two-point conversion attempt, rushing Devin Leary, forcing the overthrow, uh, and just sniffing out that play so critically to keep Georgia Tech in front. So it was, uh, to me, a game that was defined by Georgia Tech's efficiency on offense and its resiliency on defense. Those are my main takeaways, and you have to like the attributes of both, not only as you head into this week, guys, but as you look ahead to next season for Georgia Tech. And fittingly, two of the names each of you mentioned, James Graham, ACC Co-Rookie of the Week, Jordan Dominic. ACC Defensive Lineman of the Week, so recognized across the conference for their efforts. Let's turn our attention uh, to the Georgia Bulldogs, a team that is 10-1, obviously in contention for a college football playoff berth. Defensively, they've allowed only 13 touchdowns in their 11 games this season. Uh, Coach Patton now discussed it in his press conference this week, but what? where is the route for Georgia Tech's offensive success? Who does it run through? Uh, in this unit? Well, I think it's going to be really important for James Graham to have another big game. But, uh, you know, I think it's it's a little interesting when you look at Georgia, one of the top rushing defenses in the country, ranked second nationally. They've only given up one rushing touchdown on the ground. And so when, when I think of this Georgia Tech offense, my first thought is, you know, the ground game is their bread and butter. You want to go 
uh, to Jordan Mason. You want to get him involved. And there's just a possibility there's going to be some tough sledding because of the bodies that Georgia has on defense. And it, this is a defense that goes very deep. And so I think you have to get creative when you attack them. And so, yes, it's going to be important for Tech to try to sustain drives, keep the ball uh, or keep possession and, and have extended possessions. But rather than, you know, uh, relying entirely on Jordan Mason or James Graham running the football to get that done, I think you really have to be successful in the short passing game. That's why I think Tyler Davis is my player to watch. And if you go back and look at how Georgia's played this season and go back to that Notre Dame game, Notre Dame's starting tight end had by far the best game of his season and led the team in receptions in that game and was critical to Notre Dame being able to move the ball up and down the field. I think that's a blueprint for success for Tyler Davis, and I expect James Graham to try to get him the ball early and often to keep this Georgia defense off balance. I agree with you, Sean. I think those quick throws, the hitches, the curls, little flat passes, they can be very effective for Georgia Tech and maybe be placeholders for those three- and, and four-yard runs that Georgia Tech typically likes to gain through Jordan Mason or Jemias Griffin or, or, or Jerry Howard. Uh, if you try to run laterally against Georgia, they've got so much speed in the box there that they can beat their blocks and, and blow up plays. And you also have to take some chances. Look, Georgia Tech is facing a very formidable defense that's second in the nation against the run. It certainly helps that James and, and Jordan both master exceeded their career highs in rushing coming in. But number two in the nation, only one rushing touchdown allowed, like you said, Sean, is going to make for quite a test. But I, I think you have to take some risks. You have to take some shots over the top. Uh, and that is a bona fide way for Georgia Tech to get that ball downfield. They've proven they can do it this year. And though Georgia hasn't been entirely vulnerable to those types of plays, you have to trust those guys who have shown you the ability to do that throughout the year and see if they can do it on a stage such as clean old-fashioned hate. And Andy, I like what you said there. I think it's very important that Tech is willing to take chances in this game because this is the sort of game that you're not going to win if you come in and play scared. Tech has to just leave it all out there, take some chances. You know, I, I think the short passing game is going to be important, but I think that sets up the long passing game and creates opportunities for someone like Amarian Brown or Donica Sanders for that deep pass play over the top, or if Tech can lull Georgia into a false sort of sense of security uh, as they're creeping up to play the run short pass. Earlier, Andy, you noted the play of Christian Campbell on that two-point conversion against NC State. He'll be honored along with seven other seniors on Senior Day. And guys, when you look at this senior class, and admittedly, uh, this has not been the season from win-loss perspective they had in mind, but what is the legacy of this group? as they play their final game at Georgia Tech? Well, the first word that comes to my mind is selfless. Uh, this is a group that is just has been instrumental to this transition. But even before that, throughout their careers, these were guys who did what, whatever was asked of them uh, as incredible teammates and as guys who were willing to put aside their own personal ambitions to help the team reach the, the grander goal. And so, you know, you look at a guy like Nathan Cottrell, who in the old offense was sort of poised to be the next great A-back, the next go-to guy. Instead, he's relegated to mostly a special teams role, but he's not looking at it as relegation. He's looking at that as an opportunity to get out there and play. And as Coach Collins has said week in, week out, he's been one of the most, uh, he's been an elite gunner. He's been a guy who gives it his all in special teams and in every aspect of the game in which he's involved. Christian Campbell's another guy who anytime he's been called upon, he's stepped up and delivered. He's been kind of a Swiss army knife there in the defensive backfield. And let's not forget about guys like Tyler Cooksey, who was, you know, the first to raise his hand and say, yeah, I'll be the first tight end on the flats in 11 years. Or, you know, uh, the other two guys who stand out are the two transfers, Tyler Davis and Jared Southers, without whom 
there's no telling how much more severe uh, or drastic this transition would have been offensively because those guys were not only guys who stepped out and produced on the field, but they provided a lot of leadership and helped bring up some of the other players and, and really teach them what's going to be required of them as they continue to mature in this offense. You know, Sean, the word I think of when I think of this senior class is buy-in. These were guys who, in their final season, knew the, the kind of transformation that lay ahead, knew that their role might change or diminish. But for these guys to all embrace this culture and take it upon themselves to reinforce good habits as they themselves were learning this playbook and these principles along with the first and second and third year players, it shows you what kind of character they have. And that can't always be measured in a box score. It can't always be measured in statistics. But without the example that they've set on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, this Georgia Tech team wouldn't be so poised and primed for a very exciting future. And, you know, I talked with Jeff Collins about the seniors uh, on GT60 on Monday, and he was getting choked up because of what they have meant as he installs his program, his expectations, and his culture. Oftentimes, the guys who are at the end of their career might be the toughest to convince. It doesn't seem like any of these eight seniors who are being honored needed a lot of convincing that this was the right place for them to finish out their career. And though it might not result in a bowl game, it might not result in a winning record, it may not result in a lot of individual statistics, that you will be rewarded for the work that you put in and you will be every bit a part of the payoff whenever that comes. I think that's a very powerful message that those guys sent, and I hope that those eight seniors, when they trot out before the game on Saturday, get the kind of applause and ovation that they deserve for what they have meant, both on the field and off, to Jeff Collins in year one of his program. Well, and for the three of us, I know we're excited to see them uh, take the field one final time as Yellow Jackets, and Andy, as you noted, uh, when the payoff does come over the next couple of seasons, uh, those eight names, one of the smallest senior classes in the country, uh, will be ones uh, that we remember in the victories to come. So, Andy, Sean, thanks for the time, guys. And uh, what's the good word? To hell with Georgia. What he said, to hell with Georgia. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Look forward to seeing you on Saturday. Next up, we'll be joined by former Georgia Tech defensive back Kofi Smith. That's next on From the Flats. We are joined now by a very special guest, one Dr. Kofi Smith, former Georgia Tech defensive back, class of 1999, and now the CEO of the Atlanta Airlines Terminal Corporation, uh, where he was named one of the most admired CEOs in all of Atlanta uh, by the Atlanta Business Chronicle. And well, Dr. Kofi Smith, what's going on? How, is the, how are things going uh, in your world right now? And Wally, well, first and foremost, thank you for having me. This is a, an extreme honor and privilege to be on the show. Things are great. Uh, things are great right now. You know, we're getting ready for this Georgia game. I know Coach Collins are gonna have, is going to have the boys ready. We're going to come out and perform. Excited for the game on Saturday and excited for the holidays. I do want to start back at your senior year of high school, and I want to ask you, how did you end up at Georgia Tech? Everybody's got a recruiting story. Uh, what's yours? Man, I tell everybody, I'm just a little country boy from Alabama that God brought to this big city <laughs> of Atlanta, and I cannot thank Georgia Tech enough for it. So I had an offer letter from Vanderbilt. I went on my recruiting visit. They made me an offer. And I told Vandy, I said, hey, you know, just give me one more day. And literally the next day, which was Monday, Coach Huxtable from Georgia Tech called. I knew nothing about Georgia Tech except for Sean Jones. So back then, there were not <laughs> a lot of black quarterbacks, right? I mean, mm -hmm. there just yeah. wasn't. No. Um, and I was a black quarterback um, playing high school football. 
So I wore all of my stuff like Sean Jones, the same face no mask, kidding. the where the way he wore his um, wristbands. I did everything like him and tried to emulate him because he was a black quarterback and I was trying to be mm-hmm. a black quarterback. That's all I knew about Georgia Tech. <laughs> that was it. Wow. So when Coach Huxable called me, I was like, absolutely. I called Vandy, <laughs> told him I'm gonna take one more visit on Sunday. I signed my papers with Georgia Tech, and the rest is history. I came to Tech. Well, how about that? Again, joined by Kofi Smith, and let's fast forward now to your senior year. You're a co-captain of that 1998 team, uh, your last game at Bobby Dodd Stadium, and you get a touchdown. Uh, can you tell me about what that moment was like and, and what happened? You know, um, so one of my teammates, Ed uh, uh, Wilder, when we were playing, he and I would walk out. My senior year, we would walk out and we would look up into the sky at God and just talk to each other how it's going to be an amazing game. It's going to be an amazing game. So mm-hmm. we did that. And all I wanted, coming from high school, where I was a star, you come to college and you're a star among stars, right? Mm-hmm. So when I got to Tech, I wasn't a star. So my senior year, um, I had been benched, put on third string, had to work my way back up, was on special teams, decided that's how I was going to make my contribution. And that last game, which was senior day, uh, my mom and dad was there. My um, the, the young man who I've been taking, took on the responsibility of and raising since 18, Deodric, he was there. Coach Edsel called a fantastic play. And again, I give all praises to God. He called a, a cornerback blitz. Wake Forest happened to call a pitch sweep to my side. I came like a bat out of hell. That guy dropped that ball. It was one bounce in my arms, and I was taking it back to the house. And um, I'll never forget. <laughs> That feeling, because on those times when Ed and I would walk out on the field, I just always say, I just want one touchdown. I just want one (laughs) collegiate touchdown, God, one, right? So Mm -hmm. it teaches you, watch what you ask for. I should have been asking for 10, and he would have gave me 10, and I asked (laughs) one, so he gave me one. But at least he gave it to me uh, where my my little boy was there to see it. My mom and dad Mm -hmm. was there to see it. It was my last home game at Bobby Dodd. It's in a record book still today. Mm -hmm. So it's just amazing how uh, God will bring some things to you. 90-yard scoop and score, as you said, still in the record book. And, uh, Kofi, that's got to be one of the top senior day moments uh, for any college football player. After you played your final game there in 98 and wrapping up that season, can you tell me about your journey from graduation through the Arena Football League and now to where you are as, as one of the top CEOs uh, in Atlanta uh, with the Atlanta Airlines Terminal Corporation. That year when I came out it was a stellar year, right? We were 10-2. Mm-hmm. and two. Uh, We had beaten Georgia at Georgia. We beat Notre Dame in the Gator Bowl. So mm-hmm. we are flying high that year. So I was lucky to really try to ride the coattails of all my other teammates, Travaris, Tillman, and all of these other guys that were going to the NFL because I was not a star, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, on our, our day when we had our combines at Tech, I ended up injuring my quad. And having that injury in front of everybody on that day basically ended my hopes of uh, going to the NFL. Again, God bless me. I had an industrial engineering degree. I left tech, graduated, and went to work for Milliken and Company down in LaGrange, Georgia. And I was there for four years. In those four years, I had six promotions. Four of those Mm -hmm. were upward level. But while I was in LaGrange, I decided that I was going to chase football. So I started playing Arena 2 football for Columbus War Dogs down in Columbus, Georgia. I did that for two seasons. This guy took notice of me, Coach Frazier. Um, God bless his soul. He's no longer here. Now the decision, do I go to Norfolk, try out for this guy, hopefully make the Arena 2 team making $200 a week if we win and leave <laughs> my job of $67,500 
with all this great upward level trajectory that I had at Milliken. And I made a decision to resign from Milliken and uh, go and chase wow. football. I went and just kind of played arena two and indoor football all over the place from Texas to Iowa, back to Alabama. And then um, my son that I told you about, Deodric, he was 14 mm -hmm. at the time. And I realized that, okay, his dreams take precedent over mine. He's going to want to go to college. He's going to need a car. Mm -hmm. So I got to stop chasing this football dream. I started selling real estate in Alabama and Georgia. That led me to a Hall of Fame dinner where Keith Brookin was getting inducted. Uh, Lucius Sanford, very good friend of mine, allowed me to be at that Hall of Fame dinner and host the dinner or be one of the mm -hmm. hosts because I didn't mm -hmm. have money to actually buy a ticket. If you can imagine <laughs> that. And then a gentleman from Link Facility Services came over to sit with me and talk with me about an opportunity to get into facilities management. The only reason he did that is because Jamal Overton, who played baseball with me mm -hmm. uh, while I was at Tech, told this gentleman, hey, you should talk to Kofi. You're looking for a young engineer. Kofi did some great things at Milliken. Go talk to him. He ended up um, interviewing me. I was hired two weeks later, and then the rest is history. Gosh, that is the Kofi. That is, that is such a story. Uh, and, and obviously, I know you know the Georgia Tech letter winners community. A big part of that, as you noted, with Lucius and, and former guys you played with or got to know when you were in school. It's just such such a special relationship between all of you. Yeah, absolutely. I tell you, um, the one thing that I try to impress upon all the all of the athletes who are still at Tech or athletes who are coming out of Tech is to really tap into this Georgia Tech network. For us to be in Atlanta and have this global brand of Georgia Tech that's international, but specifically for us to be in Atlanta with all the Fortune 5, Fortune 1s that have moved here, when you look at their C-suite or the VPs, EVPs, all of those people are Tech grads. Tech has been an amazing uh, competitive advantage for me. So we're hiring industrial engineers into my organization from Georgia Tech. We're giving uh, internships to athletes that are at Tech. And it doesn't matter, be it football, be it cross country. We want to be, I want to be that conduit that continues to help fill this pipeline of employment with Georgia Tech grads, particularly Georgia Tech athletes. Our athletes work extremely hard and we have the secret sauce that everybody is looking for from a success factor of employees. So we have the best and the brightest, and um, being an athlete from Georgia Tech just adds to it. Well, Kofi, numerous times I've had this conversation. You mentioned how you weren't a star. You weren't a star. Well, let me tell you right now, you are one of the stars uh, of the uh, Georgia Tech student-athlete alumni base. And again, can't thank you uh, enough for your time and uh, being so generous to share your story and, and the positive impact Tech has had in your life. My friend, thank you so much for those words of affirmation. Thank you for this opportunity to speak with you. I look forward to seeing our guys go out and get a big win. Together we swarm. Go Jackets. Can't wait. Again, that's Dr. Kofi Smith, CEO of the Atlanta Airlines Terminal Corporation, uh, former Georgia Tech defensive back and school record holder for that 90-yard scoop and score. And that'll do it for this week. From the Flats, we'll have Toe Meets Leather at noon. Georgia Tech in Georgia at Bobby Dodd Stadium. Our pregame coverage begins at 10 a.m. on the Georgia Tech Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. You've been listening to the From the Flats podcast. Be sure to tune into the Georgia Tech Sports Network on game days for live coverage and subscribe to this channel to get the latest news on the Yellow Jackets.